How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Who Dead Dish podcast. I'm Tyler Raymond, and as always, I'm joined by my amazing co-host, Dayton Brown. Who dat to yet another Saints victory, and welcome into the Who Dat Dish podcast, as Tyler just alluded to. Thank you so much, man. It's good to be back. As he mentioned, I am your other host, Dayton Brown. I was gone for the episodes last week, unfortunately, just due to time restraints, nothing too major. Uh, it feels great to be back. I'm very excited to talk about Saints football yet again uh, this week, and, and it's another week that we get to talk about a Saints victory. So who dat to that? Who dat to being back? Very excited. As always, we are part of the Fansider Network, bringing you guys everything there is to know regarding the New Orleans Saints, our New Orleans Saints. That includes news, analysis, and our opinions. Uh, the guy missing, the other co-host, the, the the guy who completes the trifecta, unfortunately, is, is gone today. <laughs> yep. Uh, Charlie, you guys can follow him on Twitter at St. Charlie if you haven't already. Uh, he is on a family trip. I believe he's over in Europe. Not sure. He'll tell us all about it when he gets back. But um, uh, obviously, we wish him a very safe, very adventurous trip. Uh, but we got the OG crew back today, Tyler. Reminds me of, of last year, 2017, when we started out. It was just you and me. How you feeling, man? It's pretty interesting, you know, because last week it was me and Charlie. It felt awkward a little bit not having you here. You know, it's a little more awkward not having Charlie here. We got two <laughs> out of three. That's a, that's a winning percentage, so that's all that matters. But it's good, man. The OG squad, you know, nothing against you, Charlie, but uh, we can't wait to have you back. But uh, I guess in the meantime, you know, it's just going to be uh, me and Dayton for a little bit. But, hey, nothing wrong with that, though. We're still here, guys, bringing you amazing content and news and everything. We've got a big game to talk about today and more news, too. Yeah. Even crazier news, so. Crazy, crazy news, again, regarding wide receivers. Um, you, you just want to jump into that, or did you want to get, get, get to the game first, Tyler? Because the, the news is pretty big, uh-huh. the signing. Well, actually, yeah, let's do the news first, because yeah. it's funny. Like, uh, What happened was, so uh, you listened to the episode uh, with Charlie and I, the few that we did. Uh, for you guys at home, uh, it's funny. Like, uh, You listened to everything, and then, so basically, where we picked off, uh, where we picked up, Des Bryant was signed, but the crazy thing is, he tore his ACL. Uh, yeah, two days into practice. Achilles. Unfortunately, Achilles. like I, like, it's Achilles. Yeah, his Achilles, and yeah, and it was crazy, you know. And who would have thought, you know, the the throw up the X man, the dude that was supposed to help fix everything, you know, behind Michael Thomas ends up ending the season with the Saints after two practices. Practices, but um. We signed Brandon Marshall, too, now, so uh, we've got a lot to talk about, though, but what do you think, man? Des Bryant came in, essentially came out, and now we've got Brandon Marshall, apparently. Yeah. What do you think about it? It was super unfortunate to see that Des' injury happen, of course, all the hype regarding him, and rightfully so. He was uh, you know, a very interesting story <clears throat> ever since he's come into the league and obviously over the past uh, eight months, ever since the, the Cowboys released him, but uh, he was a standout college wide receiver at Oklahoma State. Uh, he ends up being a first-round draft pick to America's team uh, after slipping. Nobody really knew where he was going to go in that draft. Ends up going to the Cowboys. Actually has a very, very successful career with the Cowboys. I mean, he's he's top five in, in touchdown reception, or, or top ten at least, touchdown receptions and in a lot of other categories throughout NFL history, um, but mainly the touchdown receptions is what got him so successful in this league. He's, he just has a nose for the end zone. So it was exciting to see a veteran piece come back to the team. He was immediately welcomed in, uh, the hype around it, uh, and unfortunately that Achilles injury happens the second practice with the Saints. 
uh, and it was just very unfortunate to see him yeah. go down, obviously, with, uh, you know, all the t-shirts that were being made, all of the support shown by not only the fans, but more so with his actual teammates who hadn't played an actual down of football with him yet, uh, just to see that love. And, of course, we yeah. saw uh, against the Bengals, the, uh, Mark Ingram, Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, um, or Kamara, throw up the X uh, when they ended up scoring touchdowns. So that was a fantastic tribute to them. But now we got Brennan Marshall and another veteran, uh, and arguably all around a better receiver if you if you look at their respective careers uh, than Des Bryant. Brennan Marshall has the record, and I believe it still stands for most receptions in a single NFL game. That was 21 back when he played for the Broncos. Um, he's always... Jeez. Had some sort of a, a a feud, so to speak, with with whichever quarterback he had. Uh, that is up until he went to New York. I, he got along very well with Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, and obviously with Russell Wilson. Uh, even though it didn't end up working out in Seattle, I think he still had a good relationship with Russell Wilson. But um, uh, you know, he butt mm-hmm. heads with Jay Cutler, with Kyle Orton, uh, a couple other quarterbacks that uh, ended up being backups there uh, for for injury purposes. There, when he played for both the Broncos and and, and the Bears, uh, he also played for the Jets and the Dolphins, um, and obviously the Seahawks is the team he's just coming off of. He had two stints with the Jets, so he's a seasoned veteran. Uh, I think that overall he's the better wide receiver. How much does he have left in the tank? It doesn't really matter that much because the Saints aren't going to need him to be a number one or even a number two wide receiver. He's going to be a, a number three guy there with Keith Kirkwood and, and Austin Carr now. Um, and, and Ted Ginn Jr. could come back soon as well, so Marshall could just absolutely be an insurance guy. Um, so, no, I, I, I like the signing. They worked him out along with Dez and uh, uh, Kamar Aiken. Uh, so he was one of the guys that the Saints really liked. So I, I'm excited he's on the team. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on the signing? Overall, how, how do you like mm-hmm. Brandon Marshall? Do you think he'll get a lot of playing time with the team? Mm-hmm. Do you, yeah, man. So it, it's pretty interesting. What I find most interesting about everything right now is um he's never been to a playoff game. So, you know how sometimes receivers have, like, vintage moments? We've seen it. Uh, Terrell Owens, Larry Fitzgerald, all these guys, you know, they've had, like, playoff, huge playoff moments, like career-impacting moments for their teams. And Brandon Marshall, you know, a receiver, obviously, similar to Des Bryant, he's talked about. He's a known receiver. Like, uh, when everybody freaked out about Des Bryant, if he was never signed and they signed Brandon Marshall first, I, I assume the impact would have been just as big because he is a, such a known receiver. Now, I think it's really interesting right now what the Saints are sort of getting into with the receivers. You know, I think, uh, of course, obviously you have the GOAT, the stud, the dude that can literally do everything, Michael Thomas. Sean Payton said hopefully Ted Good Jr. will be coming back soon. We'll get into it a little bit later, but a bunch of different playmakers stepped up for the Saints offense this past week. We'll get into that. So it's sort of like we don't really know what's going to happen right now with the Saints receivers besides Michael Thomas and when Ted Good Jr. gets back. But the Saints, especially now with the addition of Brandon Marshall, are looking to be in a good spot, hopefully, going forward. You know, so I, I'm pretty I'm pretty optimistic about what's going to be happening down the line with whoever Drew Brees is throwing the ball to. So. Yeah, you can never have too many weapons for Drew Brees, especially in this offense uh, that That's has been sure. absolutely just successful in all aspects of the game so far in 2018, especially this past Sunday, uh, which we'll jump into. And luckily for the Saints, week after week, the the intro for us is is just us introducing ourselves and then jumping right into the game. We rarely ever have to go any serious injury news uh, for the Saints. They've been absolutely uh, fortunate 
so far throughout the season uh, with, with, with the injury luck they've had. If there have been guys that have dinged up, of course, we put a couple guys on IR. Um, but uh, throughout this season, besides today, we haven't mm-hmm. had to talk about injuries too much. The, the Dez injury was probably the biggest one so far this season because it happened on the second practice. But uh, very fortunate so yeah. far. So, uh, of course, the Saints put up a 51-14 to whooping on the Bengals in Cincinnati this past Sunday. They marched into a their, their coldest game that they'll have this entire season. Uh, and they put on a show. They mollywopped the Bengals. Uh, and this I love was that a, word. Mollywopped me too, man. It's yeah. su- su- such a fantastic word. Um, and this was a game that was primed to be a, sh- a shootout, but it quickly turned into a blowout as the Saints got the better of the Bengals and their fire alarm <laughs> and their defensive coordinator. We'll get to both of those in just a second. But I want to go over the stats in the game, of course, as I always For do. Sure. Uh, 51 to 14 was the final score. The Saints had a 28 point second quarter outscoring the Bengals uh, 28 to 0 after it was tied 7 7 after one. And that's really when it seemed like after that two yard touchdown pass to John Ross after the Saints hadn't scored for the first half of the first quarter, uh, and then the, the Bengals pretty much uh, answer almost immediately right back. It seemed like it was going to be a shootout. It seemed like it was going to be very, very back and forth. Obviously, it didn't turn out like that. The Saints were up 35-7 to at halftime. Didn't really look back. They only gave up seven more points throughout the entire game to end up winning 51-14. to um, Drew Brees, mm-hmm. almost perfect, 22-25, 265 yards. Three touchdowns, wasn't sacked a single time, uh, passer rating of 150.4, QBR of 97.4, and that's out of 100, um, and of course the three touchdowns. Teddy Bridgewater, Taysom Hill threw the ball once each as well, and they were both in completions. Uh, rushing, this is where the Saints also, well, I'd say the Saints dominated even more on the ground, but Drew Brees was just masterful with the ball. Mark yeah. Ingram. 13 carries, 104 yards, no touchdowns. Alvin Kamara had 12 carries, 56 yards for two touchdowns. Dwayne Washington, pretty much the third, fourth string running back here on the team, 11 carries, 47 yards, um, and and he got a a bulk of the carries there towards the end of the game uh, when when it was just absolute blowout. He also had Taysom Hill at four carries for 24 yards. Zach Line, two carries for 13, um, and that was about it. For receptions, of course, Michael Thomas led the way. Eight catches, 70 yards, two touchdowns, uh, and that's out of eight targets. So 100% completion rating yet again. Uh, Mark Ingram, three catches for 58 yards. Alvin Kamara had four catches for 46 yards. And, of course, Mark Ingram had that 28-yard touchdown Mm -hmm. reception off the screen as well. Uh, Keith Kirkwood had two catches for 45 yards. Dan Arnold, very, very clutch, two catches, 25 yards. Austin Carr, two catches for 20 yards. And Ben Watson, of course, one reception uh, mm-hmm. uh, almost was a touchdown in the game. Ends up being overturned, but that's okay. Saints ended up scoring the very next play. Um, and But, yeah, he had one catch for one yard. Defensively, Alex Anzalone led the way with five. Ta- uh, Alex Anzalone and Demario Davis uh, led the way with five tackles apiece. Marcus Williams, who also had an interception, had four tackles. Eli Apple, who had the other interception, had three tackles, along with Alex Okafor and David Onyemata. Um, for the sacks, Alex Anzalone had one himself. Okafor and Onyemata each had half. Uh, Sheldon Rankins had one. Cameron Jordan had one for a grand total of four sacks on the day for the Saints. Uh, looking up, of course, we know how good this front seven is in terms of the run game. Needed to get some more pressure. Needed to get some more sacks. That's ended up what ha- uh, that's ended up what happened. Um, Marcus Williams, of course, had the pick along with Eli Apple. And Williams returned at 78 yards. Almost had a pick six. Um... And Will Lutz, of course, it's as always, crazy. three of three with a long of 42 uh, and extra points. He was six of six. Perfect, perfect yet again. 
Uh, so, sh- again, hats off to Will Lutz for, for continuing to ball out. Uh, for the uh, Bengals, Andy Dalton was 12 of 20. He had two picks and one touchdown for 153 yards. He ended up being be- um, or, or uh, their backup ended up coming in uh, towards the end of the game. He was 2 of 3 for 45 yards. Joe Mixon had 11 carries, 61 yards. And uh, Driscoll had two carries for 35 yards and a touchdown. Uh, and that was the touchdown uh, at mm-hmm. the end of the game. Uh, the John Ross touchdown from Andy Dalton, of course, capped things off. He had two catches for 39 yards. Tyler Boyd, who I thought was going to absolutely torch us, he only had three receptions for 65 yards. A majority of his yards came uh, in that first quarter on that uh, first couple drives for the Bengals. And yeah. uh, Joe Mixon also had two catches for 24 yards uh, for their defense. Uh, obviously, uh, Saints ran a lot more plays than they did, so Bates and Williams uh, each had 10-plus uh, tackles themselves. Uh, and I won't even get into any more defensive sacks because their, their their defense was just mm-hmm. absolutely awful. Saints were 7-12 to 12 from third down, 1-1 one of one on fourth down. Yeah, they got absolutely obliterated. Uh, they had 13 passing first downs and 18 rushing first downs. Absolutely crazy. They ran 74 plays as opposed to the Bengals' 43. And the Bengals' defense becomes the first team in NFL history, the first and only to give up over 500 total yards of offense for three consecutive games. The Saints had 509 themselves total. Uh, and the Bengals only had 284. Uh, and each team had 10 drives. However... The Saints, uh, of course, had pretty much double their amount of yards, so they were just able to do more with the ball, um, and they, they they only had .3 more yards per play. So each team ran about the same amount of plays. The Saints uh, held the ball for just about 40 minutes, though, as opposed to just 20 for the Bengals. So that's, that's really where it was. Time management, the Saints were able to run the clock down a lot while also being able to score and cap off their drive. Didn't punt a single time. All of their drives ended up in points. Um, so, Tyler, I'll start with this. Obviously, the man of the hour is Drew Brees. Uh, we've been keeping uh, eyes on him this entire season. He was 22-25, only three incompletions. He had uh, uh, passes Brett Favre for second all-time in most passing touchdowns by a quarterback ever. He only trusts mm-hmm. Peyton Manning. How was Breeze able to tear this defense up? Obviously, the Bengals' defense is, is awful, but how was Breeze able to able to just masterfully take control of this game? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. It was a couple different ways. I think one... The offensive line uh, provided a great protection for him most of the game. I think there was only a couple times where they really pressured him. I know, for example, one instance, one of his only few incompletions, he had more touchdowns, I think, than incompletions. They're about the same, I think. Um, he had to throw it away just because they were pressuring him. But, um, yeah, his offensive line did great, and we can get into a little bit later. Twan Armstead actually ended up going out uh, with mm. a shoulder injury. It's funny, the announcers originally thought that he just lost his breath. But uh, I saw the play, and, I mean, obviously I'm no expert. I don't know what he, like, I don't know the severity of it. Uh, I wish, uh, I think it's Pro Football Doc on Twitter. Charlie loves mentioning him. Uh, he, I think he's going to get into a little bit uh, a little bit later sometime on Twitter. But, uh, yeah, Jermon Bushrod came in, did pretty well. But, uh, yeah, the offensive line did great. And the other reason, Drew Brees is a genius. He's a surgeon. Like, uh, so many people were using different examples. He was just taking a scalpel to that defense. Sure, they were injured a bit. I know um, Draker Patrick, I think he was getting flagged a few times. Uh, He was getting beat a few times by Michael Thomas. Uh, You had a bunch of different things happening. But, yeah, Drew Brees obliterated that Bengals defense with all those different weapons. You know, um, here's a great time to mention it. Of course, you have Michael Thomas. Benjamin Watson, surprisingly, didn't really play a factor in this game. You had other people like Austin Carr finally stepping up. You had other people just uh, 
uh, Keith Kirkwood, just a bunch of different weapons actually stepping up. And I think we could get into it a bit later. I'm not sure if that was just for the personnel, maybe just because it was the Bengals, or if Sean Payne finally decided to get more people involved. But either way, it happened, and it looked amazing while Drew Brees was doing it. You know, and yeah. just another game, I think, in my opinion, that Drew Brees has clearly proven he's a front runner for the MVP. But uh, how do you think? How do you think Drew Brees took advantage of this uh, Bengals defense, though, Dayton? Well, I think it starts obviously with with Sean Payton uh, and the play calling that he implements. Right off of the course. bat, he understands this Bengals defense and how bad they are. But before the game, uh, he was talking with uh, a few a few media outlets, mainly ESPN, uh, discussing his I guess lack of uh, happiness with the team and how they were feeling awake, quote unquote. Uh, early that morning, of course, the team had to travel to Cincinnati. Um, it was uh, about it was noon, almost 1 p.m. local time kickoff, which is uh, just about normal for the Saints. But Sean Payton seemed to think that they were dragging a little bit. So, of course, he's going to come out. Offensive series, boom, boom, boom. Wants to get a touchdown aggressive right coaching. off the bat. Yes, absolutely aggressive catch, uh, aggressive coaching. Uh, melts down about six minutes there in, in that first quarter to get it out. And before the game even starts... A fire alarm goes off there in the Saints locker. Actually, I think a fire alarm went off in just about the entire uh, downstairs uh, portion stadium, yeah. there in that stadium. Uh, and Sean Payton, annoyed with the noise, uh, and this is definitely meta- metaphorical too about blocking out the noise, uh, smashes the fire alarm there <laughs> in uh, in the Saints locker room down in Cincinnati at uh, Paul Brown Stadium. Absolutely, just goes wild. It looks like he he just he just took a He's hammer crazy. And bat to it. Yeah, he is he is crazy, and I love it though. I love how I love crazy him. Sean Payton is. Definitely got the team fired up. So that was interesting. <laughs> uh, Sean Payton said he'll pay for all the damages. Didn't think that he had destroyed it that bad. Um, Bengals uh, seemed to be complaining a little bit about it. Just a fire alarm. Chill, guys. Uh, you'll be able to get oh, replaced. Oh, yeah. I think he really destroyed it. Yeah, yeah. Which is fine. I mean, he's going to be able to. He, he, he can afford that uh, like nothing. So uh, <laughs> it's not a worry. Definitely worth it. Uh, yeah, just imagine being a Bengals fan and getting embarrassed in your own stadium and then learning out like right before then uh, the head coach of that team that just embarrassed you smashed the fire alarm in the visiting locker room. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> he broke two things that day. The yeah. Bengals. Yeah, the Bengals and their fire alarm. And uh, more so than, than the Bengals, too. Uh, you could argue he also broke uh, Terrell Austin, who was their uh, defensive coordinator. He got axed after the game. Of course, as I just mentioned, <laughs> one of the worst, statistically worst defensive uh, teams in the entire history of the NFL. They're on track to beat the Saints' record of most yard sacrifice by defense in a single season. So hopefully that gets broken. The Saints obviously yep. are contributing to that, and they did with 509 yards on Sunday. So, uh, but yeah, no, I think it started with Sean Payton. He was able to implement and get things going right away. Uh, Breeze is just uh, so, so, so efficient, but I, I, and, and he's been doing it this entire year and his entire career, but more so this year with uh, how high his completion percentage has been. He's, he's on track to break his own record that he set last year, but this Bengals defense mm-hmm. was, was, was just absolutely awful. They don't have the personnel to play yeah. proper zone defense. Their linebackers are slow. Vontez perfect was out. Uh, they were also missing Desmond, one of their top cornerbacks. And, of course, Drake Patrick went out with an injury. So they just didn't have the personnel to match up with the talent the Saints uh, offense had. But even if they did, uh, their man-to-man game has also been slacking. Uh, they, they don't really have a whole lot of speed. Their youth is, is, is okay, but they're, just, they're exactly that. They're young. They're young guys that need to uh, get more reps and not be thrown against offenses this high-powered. So really, it was just 
spelling danger for the Bengals right off the bat. Saints were able to capitalize, yeah, um, and and especially off those injuries. Um, but really, I, I was nervous there uh, when it was seven seven after the first quarter. I said, "Here we go, it's going to be another shootout." I know how this mm-hmm. defense operates, and then the defense ends up playing great. Any notes on the defense? How they were able to play good? I mean, hats off to Eli Apple and Marcus Williams for for getting those picks, and Zeloni and Davis for leading the team in tackles. But any other guys stood out to you? How was this defense able to just? I mean, they they played fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. And how they how they were able to do it? I think were a couple of things. Now, given I think it's sort of funny. You know, I think the Saints were just so fast to the ball. Like, if you watch, for example, the first half, for instance, you can just tell. I think a part of it, not to discredit the Saints' defense, but I think a part of it is just the Bengals. Like, sure, they're a 5-3 and three team at the time uh, while we were playing them, but they're not a good 5-3 and three team, you know? And, like, you could see silly mistakes. Now, uh, missed throws on Andy Dalton, just uh, receivers not being where they're supposed to be. Just a little mistakes like that, I think, helped. But I think the main part of it was um, just the Saints getting to the ball, you know, and whether that be the run game. Now, it's funny. I actually wrote a lot of notes down about it. So the Bengals, when they were able to capitalize, mainly in the first quarter, first half, they were using, like, special plays is how I put it. They were using plays to the outside that beat the Saints. Most yards against the Saints defense, actually, was with mixing and with screens or dump-offs. So they weren't really running it up the middle. When they were, they were getting stopped, like, immediately. That front seven is insane. And they were so ferocious to the ball. And I think it's actually funny. I was looking up uh, different things, different stats after the game. And our fabulous writer, Nick Underhill, who we've had on the show before, actually came out with an article saying how the Saints actually ended up blitzing more. So I didn't even really notice at the time. Uh, they sent more personnel. They sent more players there. Even when they weren't, they were they were ferocious. Sheldon Rankins had a really good game. Alex Okafor had a great game. They were straight to the ball, man. And to be honest with you, I don't I don't really know how the secondary did. Sure, we had a couple interceptions, but I would love to see if our if we hadn't gotten as much pressure with blitzes or without blitzes, how the how the defense would have fared. Because, of course, uh, Charlie and I mentioned it uh, this past week. They have some decent weapons. Mixon was being used a lot. Tyler Boyd, who you thought would go off. Just a bunch of different guys. But overall, though, they did, they did a really good job. you know. And mm-hmm. for someone who I'll admit uh, who has knocked the Saints in the past on defense for not being you know, what we hoped they could be, they stepped up. you know. And I think that all came down to the front seven doing its job. Everybody played a huge part. Props to them, man. And hopefully... This recognition goes a long way next week when we have to play the defending Super Bowl champs, the Philadelphia Eagles, who I hope we crush because I made a bet with one of my good friends uh, up here that if the Saints beat the Eagles, he has to wear some Saints gear. So I really hope we do that. But, uh, yeah, a great defensive performance, though. Yeah, and arguably it happened at the perfect time. I know the Saints ended up scoring 51 points, but this is a, a Bengals offense that has put up over 40 against the Falcons. They've put up a whole bunch of points against teams like the Steelers. Uh, and, and, and I mean, I mean, they, they were top 10 in, in scoring offense. They put up a lot of points. So for the secondary to lock down the way they did on Sunday, really, really helped yeah. this team out. Obviously it also helped with the momentum going back to the offense. Cause the, after going three and out for the Bengals, Saints Saints offense gives the ball right back, and they just want to go to work. They they, they want to capitalize get, exactly. Yeah. They want to get back down to the end zone. They have a nose for the end zone, uh, and and they were able to do that <laughs> for the entire game. So shout out to the defense. Shout out to Eli Apple for first interception. I think it was his first interception of the entire yeah. season. 
Could 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 um, be wrong. Could be wrong. Maybe his mom um, was really happy on Twitter. Yeah, that's all I know. It was definitely his, it was definitely his first pick with the Saints, obviously, but it might have been his first first pick on the season. Um, and Marcus Williams, of course, for for getting that interception as well. Hopefully, he uh, Charlie uh, called it too. Keeps that up. I, I I'm so glad Charlie called it too because it, Charlie's been yeah. calling for Marcus Williams to step up ever since uh, this this season kind of began, and he's been off to a little little bit of a slow start, but. Yeah, I high expectations coming off his rookie season, but all around great performance by the D, all ends of the ball. Hopefully, uh, Teron Armstead is healthy, and that team's looking really good. Andres Pete came out, and Cameron Tom came in, but I think that was only for rest uh, for Pete. Yeah. Um, and other than that, Hopefully. other than that, this is just uh, this game is just a story of the Saints dominating. And I don't really have anything else to say other than Kamara has a nose for the end zone. Shout out to him. Same with Drew Brees, obviously. Um, the defense was able to lock down, and, and, and the Bengals' offense has a slew of talented guys, too. You got Joe Mixon. You got Giovanni Bernard. You have Tyler Boyd. Obviously, A.J. Green was C. out. C.J. Uzuma. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. C.J. Uzuma. A.J. Green was out, their best receiver, one of the best in, in the league. But, I mean, I don't know. That still doesn't equate to just 14 points for, for this good of an offense. This defense really stepped up. Yeah. Um, so, and Andy Dalton's an absolute gunslinger. He, can, he could throw for 300 yards on any given night. So, no, really impressed with the defense, really impressed with the entire team. There's not really much else to say about this game, unless you have a couple more things to say. I'm, I'm running out of things. I do. This, is, this is just a dominating uh, uh, show by the Saints. Yeah, man, it was. I'm, I'm really happy with this team going forward. You know, I, I think this is just an, another tape we can add to the highlight reel. But a couple other things I just wrote down. For the offense, for example, I'll say it. I, I've said it one week. I'll say it again. Taysom Hill almost had a touchdown of Benjamin Watson if he didn't play hot potato with the ball. I love the Taysom Hill packages, man. I'm, mm. I can't wait for the one day when he throws his jubilees and he's open for like 20, 30 yards. Um, I, I was really happy again to see other threats getting involved. Like I mentioned, Austin Carr, Keith Kirkwood, Dan Arnold. I think it's funny. I, this offense can't be stopped. I even wrote down as I was taking notes, it, it seemed like they had a bunch of different third down situations. Even when the Bengals were pressuring the Saints offense, it didn't matter. Jubilees seemed to have found... Michael Thomas or Alvin Kamara every single time. They are unstoppable. Name me a team right now, Dayton, that can stop Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas. None. Doesn't exactly. exist. Maybe Alabama. No. Maybe maybe the Alabama Crimson okay. Tide. That's it. Yeah. Well, they're not coming up to the NFL anytime soon. And if they did, they're not all going to be together. So exactly. the Saints were unstoppable on offense. You know. But uh, another one, too. I really enjoyed seeing Ingram catching passes. You know, I, I love the one play, for example. If you guys watched the game where I think it was Michael Thomas. It was either Thomas or Kamara ran like an underneath route. And because of that, it held the corner, and Ingram just uh, slipped past everybody for like a 20, 30-yard gain. It was great. And other than that, though, offensive line looked great. Hopefully Armstead's okay. For the defense, a little bit of negative just because, you know, we're picky, and hopefully this improves. Tyler Boyd, if the Bengals' offense didn't go out on third down so much, I think he would have had P.J. Williams' number because a couple Mm. times I saw him, he beat them. Uh, the other ones, we mentioned the special plays. That's how they were beating the Saints for the most part. Joe Mixon is a great player, man. Uh, I loved what he was doing. Yeah, And also, uh, uh, please don't hate me, uh, Eli Apple's mom, but he had no chance against John Ross in the end zone uh, the one time they scored at the very beginning. Yeah. And I think, honestly, when I was watching the game, I thought that was going to be a really big mismatch, uh, a favor of the Bengals going forward. So I'm glad it ended up not being that. But other than that, though, I really like the pressure on the Saints' defense. They smothered. Like, they were all over the ball. I loved it. Like, mm-hmm. when you have a ferocious defense, 
it remind, reminded me of the Bears, how they're playing right now. It is insane. And then I said their miscommunications and errors by the Bengals ultimately helped secure a Saints win. And an insane win like that. It reminded me just like the Bills game that I went to mm. uh, so long ago. But great team win, though. I loved it, man. And, oh, yeah, props to Thomas Hornstead, who was like uh, chillaxing, playing video games on his phone and uh, uh, chilling out in the locker room, not having to do anything. Another mm. game where he hasn't had to pump for the Saints. So that's crazy. Yeah, Morstead currently... But yeah, that's all I got. He, he's currently dead last in the league uh, and for, for qualified punters with the least amount of punts. That's 19. He only has ni- ni- 19 yeah. punts on the year. That's less than two punts per game. That's absolutely ridiculous. I don't think he's punted at all over the past three it's games. There's a st- there's something like it's been like It's been like two or three Barely. games since he's actually, since he's actually punted been a while but yeah shout out shout out to morstead for being the best holder in the game he's also one of the best punters when he actually gets a chance he averages 46 yards per punt net 43 that's yeah absolutely, he's really good when he does yeah absolutely just fantastic yeah and and he's been one of the top pro bowl punters uh ever since he's been on the saints so uh, but it's always for a good while to, it's always good to not have him out on the field for your team that, that that that's a really good sign um but yeah no Fantastic summary there, Tyler. Uh, I forgot to mention Taysom Hill. Thanks, man. Uh, the Saints were able to get uh, first downs by ease, and uh, Taysom Hill uh, was was a big reason for that. He just he helped. Yeah, he was able to body his way when he got the ball. When he great doesn't, blocker, it, it, great blocker, and he's able to create some sort of diversion if he doesn't get the ball uh, for the defense, which which ends up obviously helping the offense uh, get to more open guys. So. Saints walk away with the win from Cincinnati, 51-14. They'll be taking on the Philadelphia Eagles this upcoming Sunday, um, and we will be having a very special guest, E, and I think you guys will be hearing that episode on Thursday, so be sure to look out for that. We'll be recording it Wednesday, but I think it'll be released on Thursday, so keep your eyes peeled for that. Um, And last bit of news before we sign off here, the rest of the NFC South, finally, 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 it seems like every week, no matter what the Saints do, they really can't catch up in in those uh, standings. Mm Because every other NFC South team yeah. seems to win. This week, though, every other NFC South team not named the New Orleans Saints took an L. The Panthers did it on national TV on Thursday night. They lost 50, finally fifty-two to fourteen against the the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, one one point worse. One point worse. I uh, let me let me double check. I'm pretty sure that's. I'm pretty sure they only scored fourteen points because that that means that that's one point worse. Uh, I think than, it was twenty-one. Yeah, McCaffrey had three touchdowns. Oh, it was twenty-one. You're right. Yeah, so fifty-two to twenty-one. So not not nearly as bad as what the Saints did. Garbage Bengals, points, though. Pretty dang close. Exactly, exactly. Those last seven were total garbage points. And then the uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know what's more embarrassing: getting blown out on national TV or losing to the Browns, uh, which the Falcons did, twenty-eight to sixteen. <laughs> uh, After they fire people too. Yeah, exactly. Isn't that uh, just absolutely wild? But the Browns come back, letting go of the both Falcons. Their offensive coordinator and their head coach. Their defensive coordinator gets bumped up to head coach, meaning they got to replace their OC, DC, and other position coaches to get ready for the game, and they won by 12 points against the Falcons. Absolutely hilarious. And then uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yep, that, that, that's what happens in the Super Bowl is, is in Atlanta, and we'll see how that goes. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. and, and, of course, the last team there, the Buccaneers, had over 500 yards of offense, only got three points. They lost 16-3 to to the Redskins, which apparently, uh, as Tyler was telling me, uh, in a lot of areas, they switched over the Saints game at halftime to the Redskins-Buccaneers game, which Wasn't doesn't make fair. any sense to me. That's absolutely yeah, not fair. That doesn't make any sense to me. It's kind of dumb. But um, So, yeah, all, of, uh, all other teams in the NFC South lose. Saints win, so that means they gain a game on every single one of those teams. Um, so, 
how how much pressure is on the Saints, Tyler, for the Saints to win this division at this point mm-hmm. in time? Because they're pretty they're pretty close to to eliminating Tampa Bay from being able to win the division, um, and and yeah. soon after that it'll be Atlanta, and then we play Carolina twice in the final three games. That's going to be really interesting. But we could mm-hmm. pull away from them how shaky they've been playing the past few weeks. Um, but they're 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 still a really really good team, and the Falcons can go off at any time too. Um, but how much pressure is on the team yeah. to win this division? Yeah, man. I think that, but obviously, I think with every week comes a little bit of pressure. The Panthers are still right behind them. But the best part about this, they won. Everybody else lost. They can afford. Not that I'd like to see them do so. Now that they have uh, almost like an excuse to, not really. But um, they can afford to lose a game now and not really have to worry about it. I think there is a bit of maybe the Panthers like breathing down their neck a little bit. Now, not so much, but they're still there, though. And surprisingly, it's sort of funny. The Falcons are 4-5, and five, and they just got Dan Jones back. But we'll have to see if they really pan out to be anything. I honestly doubt it. I think right now, I was looking at Twitter uh, earlier today, and I think right now the Saints are slated at the second seed. I think the Panthers are the fifth. I think either fifth or sixth. And then you have the Falcons right now, I think, at like the seventh or eighth. It's weird because they're 4-5, and five, but... That's one game out of 500, but uh, yeah, I, I think the Saints have this though. The South is going to be theirs, man, for sure. Yeah, I I don't I don't even know if there's much know. much pressure on this team uh, to to win the division, so to speak, because really it, it's going to be easy because we have that game cushion here, uh, hosting the Eagles on Sunday. The Panthers go into Detroit. That definitely could be a trap game, uh, but I expect the Panthers to to blow. For back sure, man. Uh, I expect the Panthers to uh, come back and and uh, for a redemption game there, um, and then the Falcons are hosting the Cowboys, and the Buccaneers are traveling to New, to New York to take on the Giants, who are coming off a win themselves. So, and the Cowboys obviously are are just beat the Eagles. They're red hot, or at least looking to become red hot. They have a lot of confidence. So the Saints gain mm-hmm. a game on every single team, which means they gain an extra game cushion uh, going forward. If the Saints beat the Eagles and all three of those teams lose again this week, it's it's it's, it's almost a it's looking really good. A for sure sign that the Saints are going to... Because all really we have to do is beat Carolina once out of those last two times mm-hmm. and obviously take care of business uh, against Atlanta again and then uh, uh, Tampa, Tampa Bay. And, and, and after, I mean... We, we, we don't even have to sweep Carolina again for the second year in a row to win this division by two or more games. That's how, that's how it's shaping up. Um, and, and so I, I don't think there's a whole yeah, lot of pressure. I don't, sure, think, I don't think the Saints are really thinking about that right now, the division. They're, they're really just worried about right now Philadelphia and making it into the playoffs. Cause, but, oh, man, I, I think this team can go 15-1. and one. It's going to be good. The best, I think the best the Panthers will finish at this point is 12-4, and four, maybe 11-5. Yeah, like that, that means the Saints won the division by three or four games. If, if they went out the rest of this That'd year, nice. which they very well could. Um, and I, I'm going to knock on wood because I don't really want to jinx anything here. But that's really just how the season is turning out. So I don't think there's a whole lot of pressure on the Saints because, A, they're not thinking about it. B, with the schedule next week and coming up, I, I think the Saints are in okay shape. The the worst of the schedule is behind us, right? The Vikings, the Rams, the Bengals. Yeah. Uh, the Eagles are going to be tough, but they're not looking like the Super Bowl champion Eagles. Cowboys are up and down. Steelers Week 16 is going to be interesting. Of course, playing the Panthers twice, it will be. and uh, we got we still got to play the um, Buccaneers uh, for the final time. Then we play the Falcons um, on Thanksgiving. So very very interesting uh, uh, schedule coming up for us. But uh, the the worst of it for is sure. behind us. 
and uh, I'm excited for this upcoming week. And again, guys, we'll get you that preview episode uh, here later this week. But that's all the time we have for this episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Thanks again for uh, tuning in. I'm going to pass it off for Tyler for the sign-off. But uh, uh, we missed you, Charlie. Be sure to follow him on Twitter, at St. Charlie. But yeah, Tyler, what you got, man? Uh, Actually, something really, really quick. We didn't mention it. Oh, we've got time for one minute to mention it. Guys, the Pro Bowl... It, uh, the the voting is officially up. You can vote now and send all all of your favorite Saints to the Pro Bowl, or at least get them there. If they make the Super Bowl, we'll replace them with somebody else. But I also have to mention, um, I voted today, right? And I I tweeted Demario Davis. I was like, oh yeah, it's the easiest decision I'll ever make, sending him to the Pro Bowl. He retweeted and liked it, and a bunch of people have liked it on Twitter. So if you guys see that, make sure to give it a like and retweet all the good stuff. Send your Saints to the Pro Bowl, like. Literally, everybody has been doing so well right now. They deserve it. Ready? I'm just going to go a quick rant, mention everybody. Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, the entire offensive line, Benjamin Watson, perhaps, on defense, Sheldon Rankins, Cameron Jordan, Demario Davis, um, Marshawn Lattimore, maybe Marcus Williams if you want, special teams, Thomas Morrison hasn't done a ton, but when he has, he's been a beast. Will Lutz, the GOAT. Uh, Justin Hardy, uh, finally, like, uh, when the Saints actually play special teams, when they punt and stuff, he's been a beast. And Taysom Hill is listed as a return specialist. Please, for the laws, and because he's awesome, send him there. But with that being said, guys, thanks so much for tuning in to this amazing episode of the Hoot at This podcast. Charlie, we'll miss you. Hopefully, uh, you'll be back soon with us. So. Not sure if uh, Tyler's cutting out, but yeah, again, guys. Twitter uh, for Twitter. Our fi- yeah, you're good, dude. We can hear you now. Go ahead. Oh, okay, okay. So uh, our official who got this, you can follow us at the WD podcast. You can follow Charlie Pollock at St. Charlie. You can follow Dayton Brown at Dayton underscore Brown underscore. You can follow me, Tyler Raymond, Raymond Tyler M. You can check out uh, all of our Facebook things. Like- for example, hoodatdish.com, they post articles there. They Facebook, their Facebook page. I retweet and share all the articles there. And all of our podcast episodes on all the main, this is my first time mentioning this, all the main Saints-related Facebook groups. Actually, the biggest Facebook group now in existence has like 80,000 members. I am a gold status, so I don't have to wait for approval for anything. So you'll see my post there. Um, let's see. As far as our podcast episodes... You can find them on Spreaker.com on the internet and iTunes. If you have an iPhone, just search the podcast app. You will find us. Fantastic, man. Uh, yeah, again, subscribe to yep. and rate us on iTunes. Uh, we really, really appreciate it. It goes a long way for us. And follow us on Twitter at the WDD Podcast. That's where you can stay up to date with everything. And most of the stuff that we post on there is uh, the most important stuff. So be sure to follow us there. And, uh, yeah, again, guys, thank you so much for tuning in today. We'll talk to you very soon. And as always... Yep. Who dat?